Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. You know, reporters out there and um, useful idiots in the, in the leftist ecosystem are missing the entire point of the biolab story in Ukraine yesterday. They're missing the, in, the entire story. I'm really tired of having people parrot to me a uh, Biden administration and, and even other administrations talking points. Okay. I don't need the propaganda. I need the truth. I'm going to get to that. I'm really annoyed about what's going on there. The, an up, up, update on that. The inflation numbers just came out and the jobless claims, of course, um, horrendous. Why do I say of course? Because uh, Biden's in charge. So of course it'll be horrendous. And I've got some audio from Ted Cruz on my radio show yesterday. It's pretty incredible. Gave an amazing answer about how they're lying to you about this Polish MIG story, too. They never tell the truth. Um, I've also got an update for you on just the endless stream of BS about gas prices, because Biden knows he's in real trouble now, especially with this inflation number that just hit before we came on the air. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall credit card bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. LGB, baby, LGB. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Daddy-O. All right. Now, on to the Biolab story, which generated a whole bunch of controversy yesterday about Biolabs in Ukraine uh, that Victoria Newland, who works at our State Department, testified up on Capitol Hill they are extremely concerned about falling into Russian hands. Victoria Newland, we played the cut yesterday. You can hear it again. Who works for the Biden administration is a PP tape hoaxer, too. I just want to throw that in there on the credibility front. Victoria Newland told Senator Marco Rubio up on Capitol Hill on Tuesday that they were very concerned about the research materials and those Ukrainian biolabs falling into Russian hands. OK, fair enough. Um, of course, some reporters out there had to immediately jump in and parrot the Biden administration talking points. Hey, this is a big nothing burger. Nothing to worry about there, folks. Uh, this kind of stuff happens um, all the time. It does. Then, then why is the um, State Department uh, very concerned about the research materials? What were the research materials there? Are we entitled to know that? I mean, it is uh, consent to the government, right? It's kind of our country, that whole thing, Joe. You know, they may have missed that. And of course, the reporters doing this parroting administration talking points, who've done it in the past, by the way, are missing the entire point of the story. The entire point of the story is this, that the totalitarianism we're fighting right now over in Russia, over in China, that we've fought over in North Korea and elsewhere is coming here. And useful idiots are a part of bringing it. Because the essence and guiding ethos of totalitarianism is control, control of everything, and primarily control of what you can say and what they can censor. There's a reason built into the uh, Bill of Rights in the First Amendment was freedom of speech. It wasn't the Seventh Amendment. It was the first one because the founders understood if you're censored and you can't speak, you can't possibly be politically or economically free. It's not possible. What does this have to do with the bio uh, lab story in Ukraine? Folks, we were lied to. We were told the story was a hoax. 
We were told the story was a fairy tale. We had people in the media and the fact checkers combining with people and, you know, sources and government saying the story's totally fake um, until it wasn't. And by using fact checkers out there, these fake phony frauds, the fact checkers who work with Fakebook and these other big tech tyrants out there do what? If you dare post this story, they censor you. We were right again and you were censored just like you would have been in a totalitarian regime, just like you would have been. Now, why is this a big deal? Does this require explaining to the reporters again, parroting administration talking points and you know who you are? Didn't this happen before with WMD in Iraq? People died. Lots of people died. About a trillion dollars was spent in Iraq. There's no question Hussein, Saddam Hussein, and we're glad he's gone, was filth, was a global terrorist. There's no question about that. But the hard reality is the WMD story, as told, was not real. And it was used to bait us into a trillion-dollar war that cost thousands of lives on our side and a lot more on the other side. Are we not entitled to be told the truth here without fact-check totalitarian communist censors working with government sources and reporters from blocking us so we can make a freaking informed opinion for once and not get into another debacle? Does this require explaining to media people? We were lied to. People died. Crazy how the left and the media that went from Bush. Remember Joe Bush died. People died. Remember that? Oh, I know yeah. you remember that well. Joe been in this news business a long time. Isn't that weird, Joe? Yeah. How the Bush lied, people died. Talking point left is now conservatives lied and we want more people to die. Asterisk. Conservatives didn't lie. Kind of weird how they switched the whole flip and in case you think any of this isn't getting worse, here, Reclaim the Net, a site I really like. This will be in my newsletter today if you want to read this article. The French digital minister, Joe, the digital minister. Oh, my gosh, does this guy sound tough? The digital minister tells big tech platforms to scale up their fact-checking capabilities. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's, I'm sorry, it's not. It's tragic, but I can't help but laugh. Just to be clear, the fact-checkers who cannot get anything right the Wuhan lab leak, they can't get anything right. They can't get right the, anything in the Trump administration, the drink bleach nonsense, whatever. They just blew it again on the biolab story in Ukraine. And the French digital minister wants more of this. And reporters don't see a problem that what we once thought was the free world is moving to use the same exact tactics as totalitarians. Censorship, this is what they do. Why is this story important? Ladies and gentlemen, it's important. Glenn Greenwald sums it up in a really, really eloquent way in a, in a long but worth your time substack. It's in my newsletter today too, Bongino.com slash newsletter if you want to read it. He talks about in his substack how Victoria Newland said, you know, Ukraine has biological research facilities and they're worried Russia may seize them. Well, why is this a concern? Greenwald describes it this way. He says this joint biological uh, research facility is, of course, described by the State Department in the most unthreatening way possible. He notes, but that again prompts the question of why the U.S. would be so gravely concerned 
It's what Newland said, right? About benign and common research falling into Russian hands. It also seems odd, to put it mildly, that Newland chose to acknowledge and describe the, quote, facilities in response to a clear, simple question from Rubio about whether Ukraine possesses chemical and biological weapons. If these labs are merely designed to find a cure for cancer or create safe measures against pathogens, why, in Newland's mind, would it have anything to do with a biological and chemical weapons program in Ukraine? Uh, gee, don't know the answer to that. Wouldn't be great to get one if we had actual reporters out there, but they're too busy parroting administration talking about, yeah, nothing burger here. Good job. Well done. Great reporting there. Folks, it's kind of a big deal, okay? We're possibly on the cusp of a larger world war here if this thing escalates. And anyone telling you otherwise that they can predict what's going to happen tomorrow, this is all going to cool down and we'll go back to eating our McDonald's, doing our things, and everything's going to be fine. Like, you know, anyone telling you that is an idiot. Putin is not going to back down. And I'm not going to stop asking questions about what's going on with these bio labs because someone in the administration told you to power at a talking point and you tried to shut us up. I never said to you that these were bioweapons facilities. We don't know that. Either this Greenwald. But I'm sorry, I'm not going to take your first pass response at it. Because if they do have bioweapons there and Russian gets a, Russia gets a hold of them and starts releasing them and says, look, the Ukrainians did it, it's kind of a big deal. Could incentivize NATO to get involved, which would incentivize us to get involved, which would incentivize the Russians to respond to that. Has anybody thought of that? And then what? Or is it just us? While reporters are too busy parroting administration talking points. Are you doing any reporting? Folks, I listen, I'm not trying to scare you. It's not my job here. It's to prepare you. We can turn the temperature down and reduce our anxiety by being prepared and making smart strategic moves as a country, but it requires a database of knowledge, not a database of lies. If you can't see around a corner and your enemy can, you're at a significant visual disadvantage, correct? That's why I put this article in the newsletter today. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but I want you to read it, especially given the fact that we can't uh, count on the Biden administration or reporters to tell us the freaking truth about what's going on, man. Real clear defense is a good piece, Lauren Thompson. How to defend America against a Russian nuclear attack. Talks about a number of things. How we have to make the cost of missile defense cheaper than the cost of building missiles. Makes sense, right, Joe? Uh, economic warfare yeah. would work. You have to build missiles, but it's cheaper for us to defend against them. You're going to go bankrupt way before we do. She also talks about in the piece, uh, or maybe a guy, I'm not sure, um, how we have to invest in directed energy weapons that would basically make these nuclear weapons self-destruct before they hit the United States. And we have to build in redundancy. If we build in redundancy, we can make a three to 500 nuclear missile attack in the United States. Maybe one or two would hit catastrophic, correct? One or two nuclear weapons hitting the United States. Yeah, no doubt, but certainly not as catastrophic as 300. It's time to do that now. Joe, you're a little bit older than me. Kind of sounds like what Reagan was looking to do with SDI, right? Remember what yeah. they called that, Joe? It's Star Wars. Wars. Yeah. It's Star Wars. We have to stop the Star Wars. Leftist idiots. Maybe if they wouldn't have, if they would have shut their pie holes and stopped engaging in a national suicide defense structure policy like these leftist idiots, 
Maybe we'd be a little more advanced in our SDI, Star, Star Wars program. We wouldn't be worried about this. Yeah, thanks, Chewie. We could use Chewie right now. <laughs> it's good. Gila, you a big Star Wars guy. All right, moving on. So um, I want to get, I don't do this often, but yesterday on my radio show, I had Ted Cruz on. Ted Cruz is, uh, uh, as you know, a senator from Texas, pretty good conservative. And um, Ted Cruz was explaining what's going on with these Polish MIG situation. I want you to listen to his answer. I want, you, I want to be uh, very clear. What's the, but the Poles have offered to deliver MIGs to the Ukrainian government, fighter jets, old Soviet fighter jets that the Ukrainian pilots know how to fly. Everybody tracking? Instead of the Poles delivering them directly, the Poles are saying, hey, we'll give them to the German, the Germans in, through Ramstein Air Base. Because the Poles, fairly enough, are saying, hey, if we're going to deliver these jets, Putin's going to target us, then you all got to get involved too. So it's kind of a game of, as uh, I said yesterday, exciting uh, Jack Posobiec, which is right, calls it the hot potato. It's a NATO hot potato. The Poles are saying, hey, we'll do it, but you guys got to get involved too. So we'll give them to you and then you give them to them. You get it? Now, the Biden administration clearly knew about this, but is pretending they didn't know about it because they want to play both sides. Listen to Ted Cruz explain this better than I did yesterday, how the Biden administration is trying to uh, is trying to look like uh, appeal to the 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 uh, the uh, peace, love and happiness crowd. At the same time, they're trying to appeal to the defense hawks and they can't pick a position. Check this out. I mean, what what is going on with this story with the MIGs yeah, in Ukraine? Sure. So so that I can shed considerably more light on. Um, this weekend, I and the other members of the Senate had a video conference call with President Zelensky uh, in Ukraine. Uh, and and it was he was in an undisclosed location. Um, he began the call by saying this may be the last time you ever speak to me or hear from me. And there's no doubt Russia is trying very hard to kill him right now. Um, he, he said several things. One of the things he said that I think was very important. He said if the United States had imposed sanctions on Nord Stream 2, something that I was fighting for all of last year, he said if we had done that last year, Russia would not have invaded. Putin would not have invaded, uh, except for the fact that Biden waived sanctions on Putin and Russia and Nord Stream 2, which is what precipitated the invasion. But secondly, what he said on the question you asked is he said his number one priority, we asked him, what do you, what do you need? He said his number one priority is control of the air. He said right now the Russians have air superiority. And he said we need fighter jets. Uh, we need fighter jets. We have Ukrainian pilots who can fly them, but, but we don't have the jets to, to, to go head-to-head -head with the Russians. In Poland, they have a number of MiGs, old Soviet MiGs, from when they were all behind the Iron Curtain. The Ukrainian pilots are trained in flying MiGs, so that's, those are naturally jets that, that make sense. Uh, Poland has been interested in providing them what they wanted from the United States is some commitment that we would backfill and make F-16s available to replace them so that Poland was not left defenseless. The Biden administration, frankly, uh, is is timid and ineffective. And, and to be honest, they didn't want Poland to provide the MiGs. And so what they were saying, their, their public position was, well, Poland is a sovereign country, so it's up to Poland whether or not to provide the fighter jets. And, and the Biden administration was playing games by trying to blame it on Poland and saying, well, gosh, you know, the Poles just don't want to help Ukraine. Isn't that terrible? Not our fault. And, and Poland yesterday, uh, in, in a move that was one heck of a move, just flew the, flew the planes to a U.S. Air Force base. And now we have them. And they said, look, give them to Ukraine. They're yours. And suddenly the Biden administration, that their lies were exposed 
And so yesterday, the Department of Defense said, nope, we're not going to give them to Ukraine because they're scared of Putin. This is all about Joe Biden and the entire administration. Their weakness caused this invasion. And, and they are resigned to failure. They are resigned to Putin winning. And all they're trying to do is manage uh, the destruction of Ukraine. And, and, and the only means they know how to deal with, with our adversaries is through weakness and appeasement. And it keeps incentivizing more and more aggressive behavior by America's enemies. I know that was long, but it's worth your time because he, he's there. He undersees getting these classified briefings. He explained to you how the Biden administration, again, and how these people parroting Defense Department Biden administration talking points are not telling you the truth about the, the Polish MIG situation, too. Anything Lloyd Austin says flows right through these reporters' mouths, and no one questions it. Cruz said it right. The Biden administration's talking points just a week and two weeks ago about the Polish MIGs were, hey, the, the Poles don't really want to get involved. They don't want to help. The polls, did you get this show? The polls were like, we don't? Sure, yeah. we want to help. Like, we're right next to Russia and Ukraine. Like, we could be next. We share a border with Ukraine. Like, this could be a real problem with us. So the polls who were probably like, why is Biden talking for us? Said, touche, double-barreled. We're going to take our MiGs and fly him the Ramstein. How about that? And then you guys got. So the Biden administration was like, uh, what do we do now? Now what do we do? We just said the polls don't want to help, but clearly they do want to help. So what did they do? They changed their talking point. Did you get it? The Biden administration's new talking point, which again, parroted by reporters out there, was these MiGs won't help. Uh, they're overwhelmed in the air, and we just need to give them air-to-ground stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. Both of those stories can't be true, okay? The polls wanted to help. The Biden administration didn't. You don't have to lie and say the MiGs wouldn't help. They would help the Ukrainians. Having said that, I'm not a hypocrite or a liar. My position hasn't changed. I don't think we should escalate the situation, keeping in mind it could lead to World War III. And yes, that's a serious thing. Because, quote, success in a nuclear war, Joe, looks awfully lot like the apocalypse. Well, they only hit us with one or two nukes, and we hit them with 17. Kind of sounds bad. Yeah. If we can continue shipping them weapons, not involving direct escalation with the Russians, and allow the Ukrainians to keep inflicting losses on the Russians, good. But just be honest, the Biden administration is constantly lying. Polls don't want to do anything. Yeah, we don't. Here's the MiGs. Oh, they want to do something, but they won't help. They're just liars. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com slash survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. 
That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. So the Biden administration is so obviously full of hit with an S in front of it. They're just detestable. Uh, The entire Biden administration crew is just detestable. They lie about everything. They lied about the bio labs. They lied about the Polish MIGs. They lie about everything. And they are now lying about the economic crisis we're going through caused by their inability to develop a coherent national energy policy so we can actually fuel our country. Crazy thing, Joe, you know, fuel country, fueling the country, fueling the economy. Yeah, yeah. Crazy we, thing. Yeah, we you know, need it. You know, the battery. Yeah, yeah, we kind of need it. It's like taking the battery yeah. out of the American economy and then going, hey, what's wrong? Why doesn't the toy work? Because you're idiots. That's why the toy doesn't work. Here's what I mean. Here's a Biden administration official, a guy by the name of Dalib Singh. He's on yesterday. This is just nonsense and garbage he's spouting out. It's an endless stream of verbal garbage that comes out of his mouth. And I want you to pay very close attention. He's talking about the exploding gas prices, Keystone elsewhere. He says two contradictory things. He tries to make the point that supply and demand matter, that it's about supply of oil. And then when he's asked about the supply of oil, just you have to notice how he tries to nuance this. He pretends that one of the biggest suppliers in the world, us, that we don't matter. So does the supply of oil matter or not? I don't get it. Then he goes on to say, if we were to if we were to finish Keystone, the impact would only be long term as it came online. And then when asked, asked to describe his solutions, he goes to describe a longer term solution, clean energy. So is it long term solutions or not? Here we go again. Another Biden administration just talking. You get the point. And not saying one single coherent thing. Check this out. Does this uh, situation in Russia and the, the need for more domestic production give you any pause and cause you to reevaluate the president's decision to cancel the permit on Keystone at all over environmental concerns? No, that's a distraction, Willie. Uh, Keystone is a it's a pipeline. It's not an oil field. It doesn't produce any additional oil. Even if Keystone XL had been permitted last year, it would have been uh, years away from completion. It wouldn't have helped in today's circumstance. And there is a portion of Keystone which is operational today, and it's not filled to capacity. So Keystone has absolutely nothing to do with the current supply, demand imbalance in energy markets. Uh, what I can tell you, though, Willie, is um, even if we drilled as much as we could, uh, the price of oil is still set globally. Uh, by the demand and supply conditions. And much of that supply is controlled by tyrants like Putin. And again, that's why we have resolved to speed our transition towards cleaner, more sustainable, and renewable sources of energy. I, I mean, did you hear it? Yeah, yeah, there's uh, nothing we can do about the prices. It's about supply all over the globe. Yeah, um, it is about supply. There's a supply line and a demand line. The intersection, Econ 101, Dalip Singh, is called the market clearing price. You can look it up. They intersect. We have to do this. This is even Econ 101. This is like Econ Charlie Brown Encyclopedia. Develop a market clearing price. As you bump out supply and increase supply, the market clearing price goes down. If you decrease demand, the market clearing price goes down. If you increase demand and decrease supply, the market clearing price goes up. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not kidding. This is like first grade level economics. Now, you would think if what he's saying is accurate, the price is controlled by supply, which is accurate. Then making a ridiculous statement that us, us, the biggest supplier, one of the biggest suppliers in the entire world of petrochemicals, that us not increasing the supply won't help increase the supply. Then I'm sorry, you're an idiot. 
He then goes on to say, Keystone wouldn't fix things right away. But let me propose a different solution. Something that'll take even longer. <laughs> you guys are just great. Yep. Uh, all right, enough on. Here's Saki. Here's Peppermint yesterday. Peppermint Patty uh, in her ever smug and condescending thing. Listen, I want one quick point on Peppermint before we go on. Uh, seriously, um, unrelated to the, the context of what she said yesterday. The actual text of what she said yesterday, I should say. You know, there's a reason Joe Biden's approval is plummeting, and it's not just Joe Biden. It's his spokespeople. This is the forward face of the administration. And whereas I think Kaylee added a lot to the Trump administration, I really do. I mean this. I think Jen Psaki needs to go. She's condescending. She's smug. She lies a lot. Listen, everybody lies. All administrations lie. I wish it weren't true, but it is. But she lies all the time. She has zero credibility with anyone outside of the far left media. Anyone. I think a lot of Biden's forward-facing PR problems, I'm not kidding, are due to Saki. She is awful at this. She's awful at this. Here's her yesterday. I mean, every people are struggling, man. People are getting hammered. Their food bills, their gas bills. People are really hurting. And here's a stupid answer, a smug answer. But hey, check this out. The additional permits. So would the president. What additional permits do they need? There's no, the, they have, the leases are there. The permits are there. I don't think they need an embroidered invitation to drill. That is, they are oil companies. Actually, they do need an embroidered invitation to, uh, to drill, Saki, from you. The Biden administration is holding them back. I mean, why are you lying all the time? I'm going to show you right here. I'm going to walk through. I'm going to make to you an unimpeachable court case in the next 10 minutes that this woman is totally full of stuff. And you know what I mean? They do need an invitation to drill on federal lands from the government that halted leases on federal lands. The fact that she's so smug and dopey in her answer. Bring in uh, Jean Pierre. She's got to go. She has to go. Actually, you know what? Don't go. You're contributing to the downfall of this administration. I'm going to make the case for you here. I want to play one more video first. Then I'm going to get to my next sponsor. I'm going to make the case for you here that these people are totally lying. Here's how you know the Biden administration is in real significant political trouble with their disastrous anti-energy policy. Why? CNN had to jump in right away to try to defend Biden against what they call misinformation. Misinformation, I'll make the case right here using, here's the thing, I'm going to use exclusively, well, with the exception of one, so not exclusively, almost exclusively left-wing sources to make the case to you that the misinformation on Biden's anti-energy policy is coming from the left. I'm only use just one Fox article. The rest are The Hill, New York Times, AP, Time Magazine, all of them. Watch. But listen to this first. Here's CNN trying to defend Biden and calling the truth misinformation. Harking back to the beginning, the crisis of truth we're in with the fact checkers in the media. Check this out. Prices have hit a record high again today, 425 per gallon, according to AAA. And that's up by a staggering 60 cents in just one week. And while there is a lot of understandable anger and frustration over the pain at the pump, there's also a lot of misinformation going around about who or what is responsible. So let's you know, cut through the clutter first. It's critical to understand that no one person or entity is in control of the price of gas. It's tethered to the price of oil, which is controlled by a variety of factors, including supply from OPEC and non-OPEC countries, demand, trade, the financial markets. This is hilarious. The price of oil is determined by supply from OPEC and non-OPEC countries. 
Joe, aren't we one of those non OPEC countries? <laughs> yes, we are, Dan. <laughs> Prices controlled by supply from non OPEC countries. You mean like us? Uh, shh, shh, shh. Stick that one in. These people are such <laughs> idiots. They're so stupid. Uh, it's misinformation to say the price of oil is controlled by supply. It's controlled by a global market of OPEC and non-OPEC countries. Uh, we're one of the biggest non-OPEC country suppliers. Let's make the case piece by piece, and let's use, let's use left-wing sources to do it, because the CNN and the Gensakis of the world want to tell you this is misinformation. Let's lay out how Biden has been anti-energy from the start and has taken the battery out of the U.S. economy. And he's wondering why the toy won't work. You're like, oh, so the toy doesn't work. I hit the power button. Yeah, you got to put a battery in there first. That's kind of how that works. Here's the New York Times, and I want you to pay very close attention to the date in case you think, oh, this is all old news. Biden's, Biden's at an awakening, Joe. Him and Saki understand the crisis they're in. They've really turned the corner on their energy policy in the last few months. Really? Notice the date of this article, February 20th, 2022. Hold on, check the date, Thursday, March 10th, 2022. Wow, that just sounds like a little while ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point. He says, and by, by also, Russia had already had their troops on the Ukrainian border by then. So the, there's no question about that. So they, they already knew this was going to happen. Here's February 20th, 2022. New York Times. Biden administration halts new drilling in legal fight over climate costs. Wait, wait, wait. I thought the Biden administration was committed to doing everything they could to lower gas prices. Kind of seems like it's not everything they could. Seems like it's everything they can't. Here's a spokeswoman for Biden's interior department. She added in a statement that delays are expected in permitting and leasing for the oil and gas programs. She said the agency is, quote, committed to ensuring its programs account for climate impacts. So when you're filling up at the uh, gas station, local gas station, you got half a tank and it's $91 or whatever it is, you can thank Militia Schwartz from Biden's Interior Department. She says, uh, listen, folks, we're not drilling and leasing and permitting more uh, because we have to account for climate impacts. Not really accounting for your wallet impacts, are you? I thought they said they're doing everything they could. Again, that's, that's the New York Times. That's, that's the New York Times right there. That misinformation? I'm, I'm just asking. Here's another New York Times article. I want you to notice the date on this one. When was Biden inaugurated? January 20th, 2021. I'll answer the question for you to save you the time. Look at the date on this piece. Five days after his inauguration, January 25th, 2021. So I would say, Joe, your first 100 days in office, as many presidents, is typical for their first 100 days. Most of their political momentum is in their first hundred days. They just won an election. Anything they want to get done, they try to push through. They even market it. First hundred days, whatever it may be. So it didn't even take a hundred days. It only took five days, which is probably four days because the Biden administration, this is the report the day later. Lisa Friedman, New York Times, January 25th, 2021. Biden sets in motion a plan to ban new oil and gas leases on federal. I thought, wait, I thought he was doing everything he could to increase gas production in the country. Remember, CNN said it's a global market and non-OPEC countries contribute to supply. Yeah, we're, we're, we're the biggest one. Yeah, I know, right? Joe, he says, I can't believe it's been only, year, only a year. It feels like it's been seven years, right? Oh, it's like Haley's Comet. It's like dog years with Biden. It is. It's like every year is seven years of horror. So I just want to make the point there that 
the anti-energy, take the battery out of the U.S. economy, destroy your wallet at the gas pump policies of Joe Biden have been consistent. He's consistently awful from day one. Just a day into his administration, he was anti-energy and he's still anti-energy now. Here's another one from The Hill. Biden budget aims to raise $35 billion from cutting fossil fuel tax benefits. So they want to hike taxes on oil and gas companies. Now, I know the left is like, that's a great idea. But listen to how they frame this. Quote, this is from some, uh, some woman, Sagatha Bergen, the health campaigns director at the Natural Resources Defense Council. This should bring us a little closer to the true cost of actually developing oil and gas. And my hope is it will decelerate the development of new fossil fuel infrastructure, which is harmful to our planet and to communities. So Biden being led around, being led around by these lefties, these anti-energy lefties, they said, yeah, we need to raise taxes on oil and gas companies to decelerate the development of new gas and oil. It's right there, folks. May 28th, 2021. The Hill. Lefty magazine. Lefty, lefty magazine. Lefty online magazine. Is that a conspiracy? Is that misinformation too? Here's another one. There's one right, uh, right-leaning resource in there. Fox Business. Audrey Conklin, January 20th, 2021. Uh, that, uh, gosh, that thing sounds really familiar, folks. What is that? That's Biden's the day he was inaugurated. What was the first thing Joe Biden did? Biden to immediately crack down on fossil fuels and revoke the Keystone XL permit. First, first day, first day, day one, first day. You got 100 days to get things done, build our national defense, crush inflation, solve our budget crisis, fix the border, fix our public safety crisis. Ah. Priority number one, Joe Biden sits down in that Oval Office chair for the first time. What's priority number one? Priority number one, dumping Keystone XL. Signaling that fossil fuels are not the future. He didn't signal that. Oh, here you go. January 29th, 2021. Time. Time Magazine. Justin Moreland. Biden's biggest climate move. Signaling that fossil fuels are not the future. (laughs) Flag it. Thank you. There you go. Uh, conspiracy theory, of course. Misinformation. It's time. It's time. Let's go to AP, one of the worst, one of the leftiest left-wing outlets out there. Here's AP, June 1st, 2021. There you go. A few months later, Joe. They just got around to that one. Took them a few months oh, to yeah. get to this one. Biden suspends oil leases in Alaska's Arctic Refuge, where there are hundreds of millions of barrels we could uh, we can exploit and use to power our economy. Yep. Not any of that either. But yeah, folks, Biden's real pro-energy. Saki said so. Saki told you, pro-energy. It's exhausting. Exhausting covering their stupidity. I'm really sorry you fell for this. All right, I got Project Veritas coming up. Huge expose on January 6th. New York Times finally admitting their COVID nonsense was in fact nonsense. And uh, who has the real power? Teachers unions actually doing an advertisement for uh, what appears to be an advertisement for school choice. I mentioned that because before I get to that, I just want to do a quick promotion for my show, if you don't mind. Just uh, my, uh, please check it out Saturday night, Fox, 9 p.m. I say that because we got a lot on Ukraine, obviously. We're going to cover uh, Cambio attacks. We're going to cover nuclear attacks, what, what could potentially happen there. But I've got Dr. Aaron Cariotti on my show. 
Saturday at 9 p.m. on Fox Unfiltered about this vaccine study, which is an eye-opener, talking about potential reverse transcription, DNA manipulation. Um, it's not a dispositive study. It's in a lab in vitro, but he's going to come on and shed some light on it. Please don't miss the show this weekend. Saturday at 9 will be live again because of the crisis in Ukraine. Okay. We opened up the beginning of the show talking about useful idiots in the media who continue to degrade our truth mechanisms in this country and cause a crisis in truth telling. And I'm tired of it. Tired of the talking points being parodied. You saw it happen after January 6th, too. It was the biggest insurrection in human history. My gosh, what was going to happen? It was worse than Pearl Harbor. So Project Veritas, James O'Keefe's group, they do hidden camera work, got a New York Times reporter by the name of Matthew Rosenberg on hidden camera here. I want you to listen very closely to Matthew Rosenberg because what he says differs greatly from what the New York Times is reporting about January 6th. Remember, Joe, worst thing to happen on U.S. soil since Pearl Harbor, worse than 9-11. Oh, man. It's really strange because, the I know, crazy. It was the reporters like Rosenberg who were reporting on it didn't seem to say that in their actual, uh, in, the, in person, but seemed to mention it in their writing. Here, Rosenberg starts talking about how the left overreached on this. And he also talks about potential FBI informants. I thought that was a conspiracy. I thought, I thought that was a conspiracy theory. I was reliably told by reliable air quotes reporters that that was crazy talk and that we were, we should be in the loony bin for talking about that. Well, listen to a New York Times reporter. Is he crazy too? Is he a conspiracy theorist? Here, hat tip Project Veritas. Check this out. The left's overreaction, the left's reaction to it in some places was so over the top that it gave the opening the right even to start introducing the idea of, well, these people are out of control. It's not a big deal as they're making it. They were making it too big. They were making some organized thing that it wasn't. And that gave the opening for the illusions and the right to be like, oh, well, nothing happened here. It was just a peaceful bunch of tourists, you know? And it's like, this is, but nobody was here. There were a ton of FBI informants on the people who attacked the Capitol. That was us. Not the right one. Uh, for the CIA, I'm going to say, it was like, if you work there, you get polygraphed every year. And you're asked if you spoke to a reporter. Your answer is anything but no, you're in trouble. Sure, I've been talking to former people who are talking to people who are still there. <laughs> Guy said, Joe, Guy goes, I can't believe it. They always fall for it every time. <laughs> um, kind of a, kind of a couple key takeaways there, right? One, he acknowledges that the media's hysterical, hyperbolic coverage of January 6th is garbage, garbage time, garbage. That this talk of worse than 9-11, worse than Pearl Harbor is crap. And that the media, who knew they were lying, they did because that's not what they were reporting in the New York Times, and he's saying something different right here. He seems to indicate here that the media, by doing that, even knew they were opening. A, did you hear what he said? It's very important you understand what he said. And if you listen to the whole thing at Veritas, and I encourage you to do it. What he's saying there is the left-wing media understood that they were making ridiculous comparisons between January 6th and Pearl Harbor. They knew it. Everybody tracking? That they knew that it would cause a counter-reaction on the right by them saying, like people like me going, that's absurd. A lot of things on January 6th shouldn't have happened, but it wasn't Pearl Harbor. Rosenberg acknowledges that we they gave the right a talking point by overreacting. You, you hear what I'm saying, Joe? Yeah, yeah. And because they couldn't control themselves, the left the leftist meet, they did it anyway. Showing you again, not only are the activists, 
but they're stupid ones. He then says something at the end I find fascinating. He seems to mention the FBI informants at the scene and how he's got contacts in the CIA and elsewhere. Folks, if there were FBI informants in the crowd, um, I want to know what their involvement was. I mean, if you're telling us it was worse than 9-11 in Pearl Harbor, well, if there were FBI informants at Pearl Harbor and they knew about it and didn't say anything, I'd kind of like to know that, right? What does Rosenberg know? Now, here's the key takeaway from this, something I haven't heard on the media anywhere. Get ready, Gee. We have a January 6th commission, right? Can we expect to hear from Matthew Rosenberg? He seems to have some information on FBI. Info. Oh, 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 oh. Diaper time for the left. There it is right on tape right there. You want to get to the bottom of January 6th, right? Why haven't we heard this in the media? Are we all going to be pushing now the January 6th commission that dunce Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney, those two turds? Are, we going to, are they going to start pushing now? Those two political zeros who do nothing but attack conservatives want their members and fellow members of the House subpoenaed. Are they going to call Matthew Rosenberg? Liz, he seems to have some information about FBI informants. That sounds important to me. It's worse than 9-11, right? The FBI may know something. It'd be a real shame if we respectfully, respectfully followed up with Adam Kinzinger and everybody sent him a tweet. He seems to love Twitter, spends his whole day there. Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney, if you sent the Project Veritas video, it'd be a real shame if you all tweeted and said, Adam, when can we expect a subpoena for this gentleman? He has information about the FBI informant. It'd be a real shame if everybody did that. Respectfully. We'll let Antifa and BLM do the whole violent nonsense. That's not our bag of donuts. All right, Gee, I'm going to skip ahead. Can you just play that video first? I just, this is a, a teacher's union, I believe, in Minneapolis, telling you um, who has the real power. Check this out. Who got the power? We got the power. What kind of power? Union power. Who got the power? We got the power. There you go, folks. Want to run on that one? Sorry, I've had a little bit of a allergy thing the last few days. My sincere apologies over the sniffles during the show. I, uh, I, I got a few emails about that. I've had a bit of an allergy issue as some of the pollen starts to hit. So I know. I, did you get that? A couple of people put that in the comments. So I'm sorry. Okay. okay. Well, who has the power? There's the teachers union telling you parents, shame on you. You thought you had the power. I just want to make sure we got that in there. There's uh, teachers unions around the country. Thought you had the power. Shame on you. You thought they were your kids? That's not an argument for school choice. I don't know what it is. Why would we need school choice? Because the Democrats, the teachers unions, and some swampy Republicans the entire time have made a bunch of bad choices. They took those choices away from you and your kids about masking, about vaccines, about school closings, economic lockdowns, and elsewhere, and never took into account risk analysis. One of the things Joe, me, and Guy have been talking about for just about a year plus now, well, two years since the start of the pandemic, is when you make sound, responsible decisions and you have a business background, you measure your, your risk versus your cost, your cost versus your potential losses, and you come to a term called a net present value. Net present value tells you in business if a project you're about to undertake, a new phone, new holster company, whatever it may be, is worth money in your net present terms. If it's positive, you build the holsters. If it isn't, you don't. The Democrats, the liberals, and the crazy Republican swampies did none of that when it came to COVID. When it came to COVID. They had no idea the long-term effects of masking. We're starting to figure it out now with the speech problems. 
They had no idea the effects long-term of lockdowns. They did it anyway, even though we're seeing increased psychological disorders now. They had no idea long-term the impact of the vaccines. I'll have Dr. Cariotti on my Fox show Saturday night to talk about that one, but they did it anyway because they're idiots with no sense of risk analysis at all. Now that the pandemic, thankfully, has begun to ebb a little bit here, all of a sudden, the New York Times and others are starting to say, hey, maybe now's the time to do some risk analysis. Sorry, fellas, a little bit too late. Here's the New York Times, their, their morning email. Talking about the lack of a clear pattern amongst red states that didn't lock down and blue states that did. Now, if blue state lockdowns worked, then you would see a pattern, right, Joe? It would work. Yeah. Well, the New York Times is like, the lack of a clear pattern is itself striking. Remember, not only have Democratic voters been avoiding restaurants and wearing masks, they're also much more likely to be vaccinated and boosted. And he has to throw in there, and vaccines substantially reduce the chances of infection. Combined, these factors seem as if they should have caused large differences in case rates. According to the New York Times, David Lyonard. He notes, but they have not. And that they haven't offered some clarity about the relative effectiveness of different COVID interventions. Remember, I'm banned from YouTube, and I had to subsequently ban Google from my life because Google and YouTube wanted to shut me up talking about these interventions that didn't work. Is the New York Times banned too, Ginny Marvin at Google? The New York Times is checking. Is it, are you working with Nandini to ban them for misinformation? You working with your Soros buddies? You doing that? Just checking. You're not wasting your time here, folks. On a very serious note, I don't spin your wheels. I said early on, we're not sure about the effects of widespread masking. We're not sure about the impact of this vaccine long-term. Maybe a note of caution. I was laughed at. Who's laughing now? It's the dumbest people in the world, in the media and politics. All right, I want to finish off with these two stories because they're important. Washington Examiner, folks, the inflation crisis is out of control. The number that broke this morning, the annual inflation number, is the highest it's been in 40 years. It's 7.9%. I want you to understand what 7.9% inflation means. Ladies and gentlemen, if this were to continue, in 10 years, prices in the United States would double. Now, 7.9% inflation for 10 years is a little bit dramatic, but I'm trying to put it in perspective for you numbers-wise. Prices would double. Your, whatever, this uh, cup here I have costs you $15 couple costs you $30. Ooh. Your car costs 40, it'll cost 80. Prices would literally double at 7.9% inflation in 10 years. That was the number that came out this morning. Now what's causing inflation? What's causing inflation is we don't have any money the federal government outside of our tax revenue. Our tax revenue isn't enough to finance the budget we have. We're spending more money than we have. So get the money from? The answer is the Federal Reserve just prints the money and essentially gives it to the Treasury. You would think that would be a signal to smart people who would call that a clue that maybe we should stop spending money we don't have. Nope, nope, nope. Article and newsletter today. House of Representatives passes a $1.5 trillion government funding bill plus Ukraine aid after a chaotic day. The bill funding every part of the government, includes a 6.7% increase in non-defense spending to $730 billion. 
the largest in four years. You understand we are committing national suicide here, right? Taking the battery out of our economic machine. Pouring money into a hot inflation witch's brew cauldron. Pouring more money in. Burning our economy to the ground. And we're all watching it happen. Again, I'm not here to scare you. I'm here to prepare you. Things are going to get a lot worse. I think they'll get better in the end. I mean that. I am not kidding. It's not Pollyannish. And I don't believe it's due to men. I believe we, this country's been blessed by the hand of God. And I believe in the end, we will come out of this on top. But I think you should get ready for some rough days ahead. One final story. We've got to clean up our elections again, folks. This will be in the newsletter uh, if you want the full rundown. John Solomon has a bombshell story, 20 episodes exposing voter fraud, illegalities, and irregularities in the 2020 election. As you can see, he talks about that story we discussed in Wisconsin last week in the nursing homes, which was deeply troubling. He also mentions Zuckerbucks, ballot harvesting in Georgia, foreign uh, voters on the voter rolls, the Pennsylvania no-excuse mail-in balloting. It's a great piece. It'll be in the newsletter. This should be one of our top priorities if we take back the House. We have got to clean up this elections mess. All right, thanks again for tuning in. Thanks for all the support on my Rumble account too, rumble.com slash Bongino. And questions for tomorrow. You see, I didn't forget, Keith. Uh, if you want to go to my Locals account or my Truth Social account, I'm at dbongino on both. Uh, go to locals.com or download the app. I put a post up. It says questions for tomorrow's podcast. I'll put it on Truth Social as well where I'm at dbongino. Give us some questions. We, uh, we always love answering them. They're a lot of fun. We'll see you all on the radio show later where I'll have Natalie Winters who wrote that story about the uh, bio lab. She'll be on my radio show later, 1 p.m. Eastern time. Check that out. See you later. You just heard Dan Bongino.